Hey team, what's up? It's Sar here from the Sold On Carpentry Podcast, aka Sockcast. Super pumped about this very first episode with our very first guest, Paddy Monaghan, fellow content creator. Bro, how are you and how was the drive down from Whanganui? Bro, so good. Um, yeah, the weather hasn't been great the last couple of days, has it? But uh, yeah, storms and everything, but I'm here, bro. Happy to be here. Sweet. Hey, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Paddy's actually a content creator, and we actually met through Tall Poppy. Paddy was actually going overseas for a little bit, and Tall Poppy needed someone to come in and fill his big shoes, so they got me in. <laughs> but the bottom found the bottom of the barrel, and they found me. And so <laughs> I went in there, and then when Paddy came back, we um, had a yarn, and what should have probably taken only five minutes ended up being <laughs> probably 45 minutes, just yep. talking about content creation, and got on like a house on fire. So I thought um, this podcast, I wanted to sort of be about, A, our real estate business that's sold on Carpeti, which is our day-to-day running. Yep. Um, of the business and also be the content creation like our strategy what we do and and how we value content creation so much because we feel that's where the world is heading in terms of business mm-hmm. so I want to get Patty in here because he knows his shit he knows what he's on about so get the experts in we want to give you guys value some tips and tricks that you guys can start implementing into your business today to get you up and running but Patty, for those of you who don't know give us a rundown sort of you schooled in Whanganui how did you get into what you're doing at the moment totally bro um, so I trained as a graphic designer so I did a graphic design degree, four-year degree, honours degree, and um, I love graphic design. I've always been a, um, uh, well, and they're content creators too, right? So um, I've always had that sort of artistic mind. Never kind of knew what I wanted to do, but sort of attached to graphic design because I found it was a really cool outlet, to, um, you know, good exercise and creativity and everything like that. So while I was there, though, I started dabbling in video content. And I just fell in love with it, bro. So um, ended up doing my first big video project was my degree project, my final project. Oh, yeah, 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 while you were studying. Yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. I did, you know, I did three years of, of design and then decided, hey, for my big major project, I'm going to do a video. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I learned by fire, but um, had a lot of fun. And, um, and then when I left there, I worked in the uh, design industry for just a short amount of time. I worked for a game development company, um, did some design but also some video editing and motion graphics with them and then left there and thought, moved back home, this was in Wellington, I was oh, working yep, yep. in Wellington, moved back home and thought, what can I do? Um, I love this video thing but how can I make it work? So I got into wedding videos and I s- launched my own company called Ivory Creative and I've been doing that for the last five years or so. Yep. It's been going really, really well but um, as it has moved on, I've gradually got into the corporate world and, and doing uh, content for brands and businesses and that's how we met as I did some content for Tall Poppy. And then so at Tall Poppy so like weddings because I used to shoot weddings like in stills. Yeah bro. That's a tough gig eh? It's at brutal yeah I mean you, it's the best way to learn though because like um, no planning uh, as in like you know a limited amount of planning you know like you get you get the schedule of what the day is going to look like and it almost always doesn't look like that. Um, people Just are stressed. Out the window at yeah. the start of the day. Eh? <laughs> people are stressed, people are um, all over the show and you have to adapt quickly, you have to think on your feet, you have to, your batteries die in the middle of a ceremony, you have, everything happens bro and and it's a great, great um, playground yep. you know and learning how, learning to uh, refine your craft. Yeah. And once your craft is refined, then you, you sort of, the reason I got into the corporate stuff is because I, I, I got really good at the wedding game and I was like, okay, where, where can I continue to develop? Where, what's next? What's eh? next? What's exactly. Next? So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, wedding's a funny thing because 
if, if you can master weddings and photography, I think you can master anything because, like you say, no yep. planning, absolutely <laughs> hectic day. Everyone's looking at you for answers. It's raining. What do you do? It's, it's yep. too sunny. What do you do? Yep. You, you're looking at the light. You're looking at what you can do, and you're doing it in a very fast-paced environment. Absolutely. And there's no retakes. No, no retakes, bro. And um, <laughs> and, you just got to you just got to keep going on, don't you? And you're working with clients who have no um experience on camera. So you know, like um, this for. For most couples, it's the first time they've ever been on camera. So you yeah. know what I mean? It's it's breaking all those barriers. On their wedding day. On their wedding day. So you turn up in the morning and you have to really break the ice. You really have to get them comfortable with everything and um and just be a person in that space. And and, and that what I learned from the weddings and, and being an approachable, um, trying to be a warm human being hundred percent um really came over to what I do now with businesses because the same thing applies people are not used to being on camera it's the number one thing every day when i do work i am i encounter people who are not comfortable being on camera yeah every day yeah and that, and that's the thing like so you, you would tour poppy and and you're you're filming content for the agents that come in so just explain to us what you do there and, and how the company works so you have yeah. new agents come in and then you're basically responsible for getting them through and they, and they get a video done about yeah, sort of yeah, their yeah. why it's eh? quite cool way eh? so um it's pretty revolutionary in the real estate game i think and, and and what they're doing is um agent profile videos so um when we get when they get a new agent on we do a video maybe a 60 second video um talking about who they are what they do where their background is all that kind of thing and then um I'm also doing some recruitment video and, and other, so we started with that and now we're sort of thinking, okay, what can we do better? What, what more can we do? And um, it's changing every month. I come down, it's, I'm, I'm loving it. It's a great company to work with and they're, they're open to um, uh, all these different types of content that, that can be created, you know, not, limi not limited to one type of video, yeah. you know. And why do you, why do you think that is? Like, it seems to be more more companies these days are trying to jump on uh, creating video because the, the gear is more accessible than it was, say, totally. five, ten years ago. So a lot more people have the opportunity to shoot content. <laughs> and now we're not seeing... Not necessarily good content. Yeah, not day, necessarily good yeah, yeah. content. We'll get into that. But uh, why, why do you think companies are... Are they starting to see the value, you think, of the, the content that people make, like videos, how-tos, about us? Yes. Why, why are people sort of jumping on it? Well, I think... They're starting to see, I mean, businesses are just open to opportunities for attention, right? I think that's what it is. So um, to be honest, it's quite slow coming because video has been been all powerful for quite a quite a long time now, you know, um, since probably around the age of YouTube and now where YouTube has just become this, this beast of thing. It's the second largest search engine on the internet, right? Yep. So um, people are starting to think, okay, well, if the second largest search engine on the internet, and I'm not creating any content for that, um, maybe I should be starting to do that. So it's a slow process, but people are seeing the value in creating content that gets attention. That's that's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, in its simplest form, that's what, uh, as a business, you're competing for people's attention, aren't you? Absolutely. And, and, and people don't realise today that it is a very competitive environment for people's attention. Like you think about yourself, I think about myself on the phone, like, so like that, and it boring, boring, boring. Oh, that's something I might be interested in. That might grab my attention. And now companies are finding the same thing, aren't they? They're yeah. looking, how do we get our customers to engage with us? How do we get their attention? And and I think one of those things, one, one thing on what you're talking about is people behave a certain way, but then think others behave a different way. So like people like, yeah, that's how I behave. I swipe through my phone and I, I don't stop until I sort of see something that sparks my attention, yet they create a piece of content that doesn't really make people stop. You know uh, what I mean? Totally, and this is the thing that blows my mind is when people are thinking about creating content, I always say to them, think about what you'd like to watch. Like, you're the litmus test. You're the litmus yes. 
focused to see what is good. Like if you're posting content, ask yourself, would you watch that as the end consumer? Absolutely. And, and they're like, no. I was like, so wh- why do you expect anyone else to watch it? And this is what blows my mind. It's disconnect. Yeah. T- totally disconnect. It's like, it's real easy, guys. All you have to do is think like your customer. Hey, you just have to think, if I was the customer of this uh, business, what content would I like to see? And one, one of the most valuable exercises you can do is sit down and write out a list of uh, customer profiles of people that you're trying to target and actually delve deep into what do they care about, what are their questions, what are their pain points, what is a way that you can add value to that person. Yep. Like That is the most useful exercise you can do. You can waste years of creating content for people that don't exist, really, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're just shooting blind. You're shooting blind and... and yeah, it's um. That I always say that's the best place to start. Yeah, you know, because yeah, you, you, yeah. It's again, anyone can create content, but it's trying to create that content that's uh, engaging. And so when I think about the real estate industry, it's like mm-hmm. okay, well, we got to think about what our customers want. What yep. do what do buyers want? What do sellers want? And that's where you start from. So if I'm if I'm a buyer, I want to know a bit about the buying process. So I'm thinking as a content creator, well, I'm going to create some content that's going to help those buyers so they get value out of it. Absolutely, bro. That That's the key. Yeah, You have to add value to the people that are consuming your content. And if you don't add value, you're at risk of um, you're at risk of opening yourself up to other people. Other people are going to do it. Yeah. So if, if you don't do it, someone there's going to be someone else who does it. So get ahead of the game and start doing it now and also be patient. Don't expect results immediately with the brands creating content uh, do you think there's a big disconnect from say a company and the content they create and what the end consumer wants like why do you think that is do you think do you think i think it comes back to what we we're talking about before they they see their own behavior as separate from the behavior of their audience they don't um they're not truly thinking about how they consume content and media um so it comes down to understand your audience that's that's simply it. If you understand your audience, and I say, you can sit down and, and do this chart and think about what's important to this person, but another great way, in fact, probably the best way to do that is to ask someone that is your target audience what is valuable to you, or ask thousands of people who are your target audience in the form of a survey, a question on Facebook. Anyway, connect with them and say, what do you want? And then create it. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. But it, it does take time to analyze your audience it takes time to plan content and it takes time to get traction it's going to take time it's going to take three to six months time before you're starting to see a bit of a, a snowball effect happening and and starting to see results you've got to be patient hey patience, too, too many man. people are impatient yep post a few videos like hey where are my views and why, and why aren't people engaging it's like mate you, you, if it was that easy yeah everyone would be everyone doing be it. doing it and, and we were talking about this off air is that everyone who's winning at the game right now, the big dogs on social media and, and within their different platforms, within their different industries, um, have done this and they've been patient. They didn't get results within two months. And if they'd stopped after two months, they wouldn't be where they are today. So you have to be patient. You can't drum that home enough. And that's a hard thing for businesses sometimes because that means a financial commitment over a period of time. Yep. You know what I mean? With, with no guarantee of a return. No guarantee other than the person who's who's driving it saying, this is going to work, yeah. just just persevere. But I, I'm a huge believer in, in playing that long game. And yeah. when I'm thinking about the content we create, I'm like, it's, it's not about 
how many people like or see this content now. It's about building it up over time because you know it's like a TV series. I like to think of it, right? Absolutely, you got to hook them in yep. at the, that pilot episode, right? Yep. And then they watch the second episode, then the third episode, then the fourth, and they make up their mind whether or not, hey, look, this is cool. Yep. First season finishes, and if you've hooked them, I want a second season. I Absolutely. want a third season. Like keep feeding me the content. And once that season's finished, you might ask someone, hey, have you watched this? And they go, no. And it's like, well, then they can go back. You've got to become the TV show, not the ad. In many ways, the TV show is regular. So think of The Simpsons. I always use this example, oh, right? Simpsons is great. <laughs> hey, 20-odd, 30-odd. Look how consistent they are, right? And, and think about it. They release episodes, and you know if you, you watch this episode at 6.30 on a Tuesday night, you know that tomorrow at 6.30 is going to be another episode. So there's that regularity. You know you can tune in. We have to be like that as well. We can't just expect to drop one piece of content and then nothing for three months. And then the other thing with um, uh, with a TV show rather than a TV ad is that they're adding value. Now, they're adding value in terms of either education or, or they're adding value or entertainment, right? Totally. So that all value, I think, falls under education and entertainment. Yeah, and if you think, like, I'm just thinking um, about The Simpsons when you mentioned that. Yep. They aren't selling you anything when you're watching the TV show, right? No, there's no... There's, there's no, no sales. There's no um, button at the end that yeah. you have to click, you know. But, but they'll sell a lot of merchandise. You know, they'll make a lot of money off merchandise because they've built a brand. They've built a brand. And, and that's another point I think businesses need to understand today is you need to use social media to build a brand, not go for the for the sales straight away. Yeah. And like imagine Simpsons on their first episode saying, hey, do you want to buy a Homer Simpson doll? Yeah, <laughs> no. no, no one would have buy-in. No one's got no one's got an emotional connection with anything. So yeah. why would they? Why, why would they? And and brand builds emotional connections. Yeah. That's what it does, right? Brand, so brand will build you your sales. I, I am, I like certain brands. I will follow even if I'm not sure that the product could be probably better with another business because I love the brand. Like I'm a sucker for it. Yeah. I mean, you you've got Road Gear here. I mean, classic. I love Road. I'll buy a Road microphone even if there's a cheaper maybe. Um, slightly better old, old, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what Aperture. I mean? Oh, you have that, um, yeah, bro. Brand. The only reason I buy is based on brand, and you build brand based on trust. Yeah. And do you think? Here's another thing. So we're talking about social media and, and this content and how businesses should be using it. But one thing I found, you may have found it as well, is that a lot of businesses just don't take social media seriously, eh? No. Like they just think it's some. Oh, yeah, it's for kids under thirty. Yep. But what's your take on that? Because for me, I'm like, the social media is your currency in today's world. It is what you use to wheel and deal in business. I say if you're not on social media creating content for social media, you are slowly becoming irrelevant because that is where attention is going. So all, all we are as marketers or as people who create content are looking at where attention is. And if the attention is on social media... That's where you need to be. You have to be there. If, you're not, if, if the attention is on billboards... That's where you want to be. If the attention is on the newspaper or TV, that's where you have to be. And that's where everyone in the past who's done successfully has been. Think of the tobacco companies, you know. They were in print. They yep. were on TV. And now if, if, if they were doing really well today, you know, um, they would be on social, social media. media. So it's, it's, it's just simply understanding how people behave and where their attention is at. Reverse engineering, eh? Absolutely, yeah. You've got to think of your customer. Where are my customers? Who am I selling to? Who's going to buy what I have to offer? Yep. And then how do I help them? I think people too think that they've got this, like you were saying, a view of social media as being like for 25s and under. Like <laughs> Your grandma's using it. <laughs> <laughs> your grandma's using it, man. Your mum's using it. It's... Um, it's it's not like that anymore, you know yeah. what I mean? Maybe when Bebo was around that it was yeah. just yeah. 25 and, and under. And here's what's changed the game, the cell phone. Yep. 
Like exactly. Everyone's got a mobile phone, right? Everyone's got an internet connection. They're taking it around with them. You're on the train. What do you do? You whip your phone out. You're on Facebook. People you're on say, Insta. Both data saying that we check our phones up to 300 times a day. I mean, that are you doing that with newspaper? <laughs> you're, you're not, not the newspaper. <laughs> you're not looking up at billboards 300 times a day. You yeah. know, you drive past a few. They don't grab your attention like your yeah. phone because the thing is, when you go on your phone, you are actively going on it. You're not just being yeah. surrounded. You're by choosing. Stuff. It's it's active, not passive. Eh? Yeah. Exactly, you're making a choice. Yeah. So, um, so that's why it's so powerful. Oh, and and in real estate, there's a lot of people who advertise on uh, the newspaper around here. Yeah. And I'm not a huge fan of it. In fact, personally, I've never ever advertised a property in the newspaper because yep. for me, I don't see enough value yep. in the newspaper to pay the money it costs to get an ad in there. That's all it is. And. For me, it's all about return on investments. Like, yeah. where's the attention? Where are my buyers coming from? And every single person we get through the open home, I'll, I'll, I'll say, let me rephrase that, about 90, 95% of people we get through open homes, their first point of call mm. is trayme.co.nz when yeah. they f- figure out a property. And 100% of them, I'd say I've never come across anyone, maybe bar one out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people we've had through said it was newspaper, everyone else, digital. So are you asking people that? Every single. You have to ask them. Yep. If you... How, how do you expect to connect with people if you don't ask? And so the reason you know that is because you've asked them, how are you consuming? How did you find us? How did you... Surveying, that's yep. the number one thing because then you understand behaviour. Yep. And once you understand behaviour, you can create content. Yep. It's, it's not like, let's just start creating content today. You have to understand people's behaviour. It's a behavioural science, like psychology, man. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And I will preface this in saying, obviously we don't... We're asking them, we weren't advertising in the paper, so it's not an option. But we did advertise at the boys. Carl and Chris did advertise in the paper for a bit, like full page ads for some properties, you know. Yep. And no one, no one in that open home said newspaper. And and I think another important point is that newspaper may work for some people because of attention. So, like Gary V goes on about this all the time, finding underpriced attention. So if well, it's not if newspaper, exactly, but <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> overpriced. But like, who's to say that? Um, Within 10 years' time, social media advertising becomes so expensive that there's another thing. It's just about understanding what the return on investment is. Where are my customers? What what are they using? What platform are they on? Is it Facebook? Is it Insta? Is it digital? Or is it newspaper? Or is it radio? I'm telling you now, I can tell you where they are. It's on on online. It's on Facebook. It's on Insta. You know, LinkedIn. So we need to sort of find content to create for those platforms. And one thing I try and tell people who are looking at using social media to drive businesses I'm like you need to treat this seriously and you need to treat social media and come up with a business plan for it it is you need to come up with a plan a business plan and and talk to the people who have done this really well um every platform's different right you have to speak natively to the platform so people think okay I'm going to create this piece of content I'm going to distribute it across five different social media platforms and I'm not going to change it yep Wrong, bad move, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to understand move. how people, again, behaviour. Yep. How do people consume content on LinkedIn mm. compared as opposed to, to Facebook? As opposed yeah. to Instagram yeah. or Facebook. I, I was listening to uh, Gary Vee, whom we both love, yeah, um, yeah. spin some great yarns, mm. and he was saying, you've got to think of your social media platforms as different TV channels. You know, CNN, yeah. you know, BBC, yep. sports channel, ESPN, right? What, what works it's on the History Channel doesn't work on CNN. Yeah, you know? like if, if I'm going to the Sports Channel, man, I want to watch sports. I don't want to watch something about monkeys and Absolutely. You know, overseas. I'm not there for nature. Yep. But if I'm watching Discovery Channel, man, hit me with the Discovery Channel shit. You know, I, I, I don't want to see sports on that. Yep. So it's the same thing with Facebook. You know, Facebook's got a very um, specific audience, same with Insta and same with YouTube. So you've got to find out, okay, I'm going to create a bit of content here, whether it's a podcast, video, vlog, where does that sit? Yep. 
and then maybe repurpose some of that content into other platforms. But and, you, and not only do they have a specific audience, I would say they've got a specific way of consuming stuff. So, mm. um, you know, Instagram 60 second videos, right? Yep. Not only that, but the style of Instagram, the feel of Instagram is different to Facebook. Yep. You know, I see Instagram as a very visual tasteful platform everyone everything on there has to be yeah yeah Yeah. really tasteful and like beautiful whereas facebook um is a bit more rough and ready and and in certain ways and youtube of course is completely different again that's like a long form format so it's just you know you got to understand the content you're making and where you're going to be putting it out and i think when you're just starting out it can be quite overwhelming but some advice I'd say is probably if you if you are starting out on social media, just focus on the small things first. Eh? Uh, yeah. A lot of people say you got to be on this, you got to be on that, you got to be on that. It's like, mate, don't spread spread yourself too thin. Yep. Just focus on what what's the thing you use the most at the moment. Is it Facebook? Yep. So like for us with with um, with Sold on Carpet team, we've like, we're big on Facebook, sort of the first platform. We've got an Insta page as well, and we haven't really done too much on LinkedIn. Sure. Um, but we're trying to really make sure we nail our audience on Facebook. Cool. Uh, you know, YouTube is something we're trying to grow as well, and Instagram. Nice. Rather than trying to spread yourself too thin, do you think some people are like, oh, we've got to be on everything, and then you just you get lost? That's the problem. That's the problem. You spread yourself too thin, and then you end up creating content that's just, it's yeah, not going to work. It's not going to yeah. stick. So, um, absolutely. Yep. And I want to talk, this is another hot topic I love to talk about company brand, personal brand. Um, where do you see the future heading? Because my take on it is that in today's age, we've got the internet, which is pretty much everywhere, right? Yes. You as an individual no longer have any gatekeepers to get your brand or your message out to the masses, right? Like no middleman. Yeah, no middleman. It's yep. cheap as chips, right? If you want to go live to the world, you can on your phone. If you want to create a Facebook business page, it costs you absolutely $0. If you want to start an Instagram page, $0. If you want to follow LeBron James, totally free. Like that that barrier that was once there in terms of costs and equipment and all that, that's gone. It is. So, but, but now... People are scared because it's brutal, right? It's brutal. Oh, keyboard if, warriors. Yeah. It's, it is, exactly. And also, back then, there was um, less people doing it. So, you know, if you were an expert in a certain area, yes, you might have had an opportunity there, a very slight window to actually capitalise on that. More attention, eh? More attention and, and become the authority on what you talk about. Whereas now... Um, you were competing with every other person that's talking on the topic that you're talking about, even if he's in America, even if he's in Russia. You know what I mean? Because we're in this global uh, market. So, um, yeah, I mean, regards brand, I think personal brand is something that we see more and more and more of and in terms of the value of a personal brand because even if you have a brand, a big corporate brand, such yep. as like we were talking Nike. about Nike, yep. um, there's still... Um, personified by people, so oh. you know, like LeBron James or whoever they're, whoever they're using to personify their brand. So really, <laughs> LeBron's personal brand aligns aligns with Nike's brand. So therefore, they're like, okay, we need to get match him involved. It's a match. Yep. So, um, so I think it does. Personal brand is playing a huge yep. role. What, you, what are your What's your well, take? On I it? think personal brands where it's at. If if I look at um, in, like a Big, big corporate brands, right? You know, Nike, Adidas, any clothing brand, they're obviously trying to human, humanise their brand yep. by getting in human beings, surprisingly, <laughs> you know, because as humans, we are drawn to other humans. We're drawn to connection, right? And when we see something, we want to feel a connection because we always buy on emotion. doesn't matter how logical you think you are. 
you, you, you buy on emotion, you try and justify it with logic. Yep. So you're looking for a connection, you're looking, do I, do I like that? Does that feel right to me? Right? And it's a much easier to sell something to someone or make them feel something if there's a human at the other end of it as opposed to a tick. Right? And that, that tick has become infamous because of the humanization that brand has built up over years in terms of getting all these superstars to align with their brand. So people know, when I think LeBron, I think Nike. When I think Nike, I think of LeBron. It's a partnership. And absolutely some, and, and you don't think of the CEO of Nike. You don't think I couldn't of, tell you who the CEO is. I don't know either. You think of the people that represent that brand. Now, something's different with Tesla. Yeah. You've got Elon Musk. Elon Musk, who is actually personifies the brand, yeah. happens to be the CEO. And so, but people love what he's all about. And he understands personal brand, though. He, he is. He a, is. Absolutely. Tesla, you know, when you think of Tesla, you think of Elon Musk. It, it is an extension of him, yeah. you know? Um, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, Building a personal brand, we could talk a little bit about building a personal brand and, and, and sort of what that entails. What 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 tips do you have for someone building a personal brand? Yeah, this is something I'm I'm really passionate about because I understand like you the fear that people have when they're starting out content. They are almost um, scared of themselves. Mm. You know, when you talk about personal brand, personal brand is all about being authentic yep. and genuine. And the thing is, when people see themselves on camera, when they hear their own voice for the first time, they freak out mm. because they aren't used to it. And I've always said to um, them, when I was working with real estate agents and when I was getting them in front of the camera, they were scared, right? And I said to them, look, the way you look on camera is how not, is how is the way you look on camera is how everyone else in the world sees you. Yep. Right? Absolutely. You wake up, you come to work, this is how you dress. When you look back on that camera, that is how you look. I'm sorry, that, that is who you are. And the reason why you get scared and freaked out about it is because you spend the majority of the day looking outwards. You don't look at yourself. You don't look at yourself. Absolutely. Same with your with your voice. You don't you don't record your voice and listen to it. But I'm telling you now, that is your voice. That is how you sound. That is who you are. And you need to embrace that. You need to be authentic. You need to embrace who you are. Because I've always said to people, you can't don't compete on price. Don't compete on things that um, anyone else can just match or do better than you. Compete on your brand. Yep. Like no one's gonna be better than Patty Monahan than Patty, and yep. no one's going to be a better star than me. Absolutely. And that's what I'm competing on. That's what I'm giving to people. I'm giving you my personal brand. You see me online, you hear my voice, you see me in real life, it's the same person. So I'm saying to people, embrace who you are, be confident. Authenticity too, sir, um, because if you had someone different on the camera as opposed to in real life, then there's a there's a, there's a disconnect there again. Yep. And and people, people can sniff it out, man. You have to understand that people are very, very good at... at understanding character through video um, because and this is another reason why people are so scared of it Sars, because it is brutal in the fact that it's very hard to hide you are in plain sight you're putting yourself out absolutely so so I understand why people are afraid of it but it usually comes from people um, feeling as if they are um, you know yeah it's, it's sort of like the how do I say it's it? the fear I think that's People fear criticism. Yep. People fear putting themselves out there because if they put themselves out there, they risk the ridicule of others. And here's mm. the thing. Not everyone's going to like you. No. And that's okay. Like, I'm I'm me. I'm happy being me. And the majority of people, the people who like me, those are the people I want to do business with. The people who see me online, hear my voice, see what I do. I'm the same person on camera as I am off it. The people who like me, and I'm comfortable with that, and people who do I do business with, I want them to know that that's who I am, and if they like me, we're going to get on like a house on fire. 